Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 248 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another Sunday. Hope everybody's weekend went well. Getting ready to tackle the work week. Here we go. Well, boys and girls, what are we going to talk about today, cats? Well, what do I always say on these Sunday episodes? I'm not going to talk to you for long today, and then it's an hour and a half, and we're here for an hour and a half. Um, <laughs> uh, no, actually, I don't. Uh, I don't think I'm going to talk to you for very long today. I, well, see, see, I always say that, and then, and then I start. Uh, you know, what, what was I saying before? I start circling the point and beating the dead horse and ranting and raving. And, uh, and like I have the screen closed and usually, like I said, I'm leaning back in the chair, kind of staring at the roof talking. And then I look back at the timer and it's like hour, 10 minutes. It's like, oh, okay. I hear, I thought we were like 37 minutes in. So, uh, you know, it's by, it's kind of by accident that I go long, but, uh, all week I've, uh, I, I kind of write little bullet points down in the truck and, and, uh, you know, and then that, and that turns into the Sunday show, um, Really don't have too much today. Although I will say I was going through um, some old emails, and my boy Yuka out there in Finland, who I hope is doing well. I know uh, uh, Russia's been kind of messing with them. Uh, cut, blew up a couple gas gas lines there, and they're talking about cutting their communication off. And so, pretty scary time over there. And I hope he's doing Yuka. You're doing well, and. Um, yeah, that's just a real scary situation, and Matt, man, that's just, oh, yeah, the world's on fire. I really hope that gets um, um, cleared up. It, it, it's one of those things, you know, of course, you, you see the news, and you're, you know, you're so far away in Canada, you're kind of like, well, it doesn't bother, it's not affecting me, you know, but you talk to people, like I said, I've talked to Yuka for years now, and, and you know, you talk to him, and it's like, you know, this is like a, because when it's on TV, it's like, you know what I mean? It doesn't seem real. I know that's kind of a stupid way to put it. Of course it's real, but you know what I'm saying. Um, but when you put a human element to it, like, like I said, talking to Yuka through through Twitter, and it's just like through private messages, and it's like, yeah, it's just like scary, man. And uh, hang in there. I hope, um, like I said, I hope this gets resolved quickly and uh, or soon. And, uh, you know, we can get back to, you know, well, I was going to say normal, but whatever normal is these days. But um, thinking of you, you come in, hang in there. Um, but um, but I will say with Yuka, who has been great with the research for me, uh, whenever I'm having guests on, and I, you know, and I give him a heads up and he'll, he'll get, he'll dig up old articles for me. And, and he's been invaluable in terms of uh, my, my interviews. And I know Joe and Alec will say the same thing. Um, he's been great to us. Um, he's always promoted the show. Um, Yuka's a good dude and I've always, I always appreciate what he does. 
and um, and and a lot of the a lot of the interviews, a lot of the real deep dive, really good questions. Like, cause, like he'll send an article and it'll be like, oh yeah, there's this article about this incident that happened in like Toledo. Like, I wouldn't know about it, right? But I asked the guy, and he, oh, ah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's right. And then you get a good story out of it. Well, none of that would have happened without Yuka because I wouldn't have known about it. So, yeah, he. Uh, He's been he's been a great help um, with the podcast, and I know he's helped many people. So, um, but he had sent me. I was actually going through my old, like I said, I was going through my old emails uh, last night, and um, you know, deleting and whatever. But uh, uh, I, I was going across Yuka's, who was just like sending me old articles and like from way back when. He's just like, yeah, if you ever need something for the show, you, you should read this one and read that one. And, I was just kind of going through them, and and uh, and he he had saved a whole bunch of the old uh, fried chicken hockey fight site, um, just different uh, threads that we may have had, like or interview. There was some old interviews that he put on there, um, and one of the interviews I've done it before. I did a Larry Playfair. I talked about a Larry Playfair interview that was up on the website. Well, today I found another one that, like I said, that you could send me. From 2002, it was an interview with Jimmy Mann, and uh, and the guy asked quite a few, you know, obviously fight questions because it was a it was a member of the board of the fried chicken board. So I will uh, I will read the transcript from that because uh, it, he has some really interesting answers as well. So um, yeah, and I know and I know there's a few Jimmy Jimmy there. Easy for you to say. Take two, Jimmy Mann fans out there. There we go. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, but, uh, at the, of course, at the top of the show here, um, I do have to bring up, you know, we obviously, um, unfortunately, there's a, there's a, a couple sad events. Well, not, well, not only with Yuka here. Yeah, it's a hat trick. I'm hitting you with three of them. Um, unfortunately, we had the, uh, Andre Payette passed away, uh, a few days ago and, uh, at 46 years old. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, he's behind, uh, you know, we had the, the, the young son there and, uh, and his wife, um, yeah, it's, uh, he was up here, he had come back from Canada, or come back to Canada, and he was coaching um, uh, a junior A team, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, uh, passed away. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, what, I mean, what is there to say? Um, I know the 4,000 accounting, Nikki Watt and the guys are, are setting up um, a fundraiser for Andre's son. So if you want to look into that, um, like I said, 4,000 counties, go to their website, the links are up. And, um, yeah, it, um, it's just a really sad situation. And, uh, you know, we, we don't have to get into all, oh, how did he die? I don't know. That's, we're not talking about that. And, uh, you know, and I really wish people would, um, uh, just send your condolences, uh, help out if you can maybe even if it's just sharing the link to the uh to the fundraiser and that type of thing i mean um obviously the information will come out in time and everything else and i mean you know does you know at that point does it does it really matter he's uh he's passed away and uh, you know and that's the big thing and uh like i said i'm not and i know he was um you know he, he's drafted by the philadelphia flyers played in the american hockey league for a while then he went over to uh, the UK, played in the British League, um, and was basically—I uh, I know he—he—he he, 
he was the wild thing over there and, uh, you know, had a memorable career over there. Um, solid player, tough guy, always in the middle of things. Um, I know from the footage that I've seen, you know, I always had fun watching Andre Payette footage, we'll put it that way. And, um, yeah, other than that, I mean, I'm, and I've had a few players on. I've had, uh, Jeremy Cornish has talked about Andre and, and Jason Goulet. And I've had a few, a few of the guys on here, um, over the years talk about them. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, from all accounts, really good guy. Um, he was actually at Ice Wars, the, the first one in Edmonton. And I, I didn't realize he was there. I certainly would have made my way over to, uh, to introduce myself. Um, I only realized after the fact when I saw a few pictures, I'm like, ah. Oh. And I was, and I had gone, when I was going through, I, 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 I think I, I walked right by him and I looked at him. I remember kind of thinking, it's like, really? No. Cause I still thought he was over in the UK and I'm like, uh, no, you know, and it, uh, it turned out it was, um, but, um, yeah, it's just, like I said, just, I, I feel so, so, so bad for his, for his young son and, and, uh, and, and his family. So my condolences to the Payette family. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, uh. More as I say, rest in peace, Andre. And uh, and my next one I was going to talk about was, of course, Florida. Um, just scary stuff with the hurricane blowing in there. I know there's lots of people. Uh, I know there's a few guys that listen to the show that are down in Florida. Um, I, I hope you uh, you guys are you're doing okay. And uh, I know Alec has family down there. And uh, yeah, Mother Nature, man, it's unforgiving. And uh, man, you see some of the videos and 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 that, and it's just like. I, I, I can't even wrap my head around it. I can't. And, um, yeah, it's, so I hope everybody, um, yeah, I hope everybody's staying safe and, uh, you know, and, and just ride it out and, uh, you know, and, and I, I mean, what do you do? Right. I mean, after it's all said and done, I guess clean it up, re dust yourself off and rebuild and, and, and get, you know, but it's just, um, yeah, it's just, so sad to see that and uh yeah it's just uh i hope it like i said i hope everybody's safe so uh well 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 there we go um yeah unfortunately got yeah i hate to you know you hate to start off on 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 such a a down a downer but uh unfortunately that um uh that, that that's just what was going on in the world this week and um said hopefully just better days ahead and uh you know keep those people in your thoughts but um yeah guys uh like i said we'll we'll kind of get into it here um you know uh well actually before we even get into the hockey rant and raven um how about aaron judge you guys have been following that i know we got some baseball fans out there um yeah it's been pretty cool uh to watch all that um you know, I I don't I don't know Aaron Judge, you know, obviously personally, or I've I've done a big deep dive into his career or anything, but from the outside, just looking in and seeing seeing a few things and reading about him and everything else, seems like a pretty humble dude. I mean, I don't know, I haven't heard him being an asshole or anything, and uh, that's just me. Maybe he is. I don't know. I haven't seen it, but uh, you know, comes across pretty cool. Um, but uh, it, it's interesting how. Um, uh, how some baseball folks are handling this, um, the way they're talking about it. Other people are talking about it's the home run record. Others are talking, well, it's the American League home run record. 
of course, Roger Maris Jr. He's like, no, no, he's going to be the home run champ. I, I, I'm discounting the McGuire and Bonds and blah blah blah. Well, um, I don't, I don't, I don't think Roger Maris Jr. is really the, um, the the final say on everything. Um, it's interesting, you know. And I, hey, I, I dig Judge and all that stuff and everything else, but me personally, if you ask me. I don't know, Barry Bonds is the home run champ in my mind. Um, you know, and uh, McGuire broke it, but whatever, then Bonds broke his record. And, um, you don't, I don't know. Oh, they're on steroids and everything else. Okay, yeah. But, one, to be truthful, and really, what test did Barry Bonds ever fail? I mean, I know, but really, he didn't. Um, but two, I, how does anybody know that judge isn't on anything? You know what I mean? I'm not saying he is or he isn't. I'm just like, I always laugh how people say with such certainty, well, judge isn't, or that's why I like Ken Griffey Jr. He never took anything. Oh, no, no, he didn't. How do you know? Oh, dude, bro, you can just tell. Oh, Okay. You can, can you? Again, I'm not accusing these people of taking anything. I don't know. Much like you don't know that they didn't. Who knows? And I mean, especially nowadays, I mean, the, the, the drugs are so far ahead of the testing. I mean, you know, you can get designer steroids and shit now. I think that's how Bonds got around it. But, um, you know what I mean? I, I, like I said, it's always just this with such certainty that, no, but their guy didn't take it. But, oh boy, these other guys, you know. I mean, obviously McGuire and them did because they admitted doing it. But, um, you know, uh, you know, and Bonds, I think obviously it's fairly obvious. But, you know, at the end of the day, though, it's, I just, did he fail a drug test? No. Well, then, <laughs> you know. That's the thing. It's like they're they're not everything with Bonds has an asterisk, so they're not letting him into the Hall of Fame because of this, this, and because he was on steroids. Well, you keep saying he was, but all the tests you gave him, he never failed. Now I, I realize what I'm saying. I get it, but at the end of the, there is no, you have no concrete proof. You're just saying that he is on them. You know, see what I'm saying? Like, there has to be some sort of, like, evidence. Like, actual evidence, not just your eyes and just, well, I know. How do you know? Wow, look. Look at him in Pittsburgh and look at him in San Just look. I am, and I, I, I'm agreeing with you, but at the end of the day, he didn't fail anything. Just saying. I mean, I, I can't stand Bonds, but I'm just, hey, hey, I'm just saying. Whatever. And like I said, and everybody, oh, that's why I like Judge. He's not on him. Yeah, okay. I, I, if you say so, you know, I'm not, like, again, I'm not accusing him of being on any. I'm just saying, how do we know? No one knows. So, um, you know, but it has been a fun, fun little deal to watch. And, uh, oh, how about that guy in Toronto, the fan, when, when Judge hit the 61st, the tying one? Dude, you got to make the catch. Leaning over the thing, it hits his glove. Of course, you, you see, yeah. Guaranteed a guy, you know, obviously probably never played Little League. 
Yeah, I always love the dorks that show up at the, crowd, in the at the game with the gloves and then can't make the catch when it hits them right in the leather. I mean, come on, dude, you got to make the grab. That's a sixty-one home run ball. You know how much you know how much money's coming down there. Yeah, you got to be a big money player. You got to make that catch, man. <laughs> um, I, I'm sure you guys probably have, but did you hear the story about because uh, they're all talking about catching judges' ball, how much it's going to be worth, blah blah blah. Well, of course, the old McGuire story comes out, and I believe it's when McGuire. I believe it was his seventieth home run. The guy who caught it, you know, middle, middle, uh, 30 year old middle income guy catches it. And of course, the Cardinals want the ball back. So he said they offered him an autograph, like bat ball and a jersey. And he's like, okay, yeah, but I want to also meet Mark McGuire. McGuire says no. So the guy's like, well, then fuck you. I'm not giving you the ball back then. And he kept the ball. And then he ended up selling it like a month later for like $3.5 million or something. You know, and then so like, yeah, good for him. And it's just like you read shit like that. And I, I growing up, like right back then, I like that was right in my like, you know, 12, well, I guess 87. So I was 12. Yeah, 12, 13, 14 years old. It was like the Bash Brothers, right? Conseco and McGuire. And they were just like my favorite guys, right? Because they were like big, huge, you know, obviously steroid, but big, massive home run guys. And I think everybody back then was A's fans, right? And they had the dynasty going, but McGuire could say it was just dropping bombs and shit. And I was always just a fan of those guys. Yeah, it just turns out like the two of them are just dickheads, right? You know, and it's just like, you know, and I was, I was a McGuire guy. I, you know, I loved when he was chasing him and Sosa. That home run chase was awesome. And I mean, it captured everyone's attention, right? And it was just constantly followed. And cause that's what the judge thing reminded me of that, right? They'd cut, you're watching a football game. They'd go, oh, we're cutting it. We're going to. <laughs> we're going to McGuire's at bat in LA or whatever, right? So um it was such a cool home run chase and him and Sosa going back and forth. I always thought I just thought it was really cool. And um, you know, steroids are whatever. I mean to be completely honest, the whole steroid thing never really bothered me. I don't know. Like I guess I always looked at it for, like is it cheat yes, it's cheating. It is. I'm not trying to condone it or anything like that. On the other hand, um, looking at it from an athlete's point of view, I get it. And I understand why guys do it. And, you know, because I've always said your your window of opportunity is so small. And, um, and and there's also this big thing that, oh, they were good because of the steroids. Well, no, they were good before that. Barry Bonds was awesome before steroids. Um, and, oh, and if you just take it, it's magic and you become good. Well, no, that's not true either. Um Steroids just allow you to work out harder and longer, and your recovery time is better. You still got to put in the work. It's not like, oh, I'm just going to take this needle in the ass and then go sit on the beach and drink Mai Tais and just go out and hit 70 home runs. Like, yeah, I think some people think it works that way, but no, you just, like the amount, like the amount of work and effort and training that those guys put in, steroids or not is just well even on steroids would be probably twice as much right because they can because that's what the drugs are doing for them so yeah it's just you know i think there's a real kind of um you know the the myth around steroids too and what they do for you but um like you still got to put in the work uh lazy these guys were not but um but i said from an athlete standpoint i understand what guys do them um, I don't understand why the, the, the 40 year old guy that wants to be the strongest guy at the at planet fitness, why he does them. Cause it, you know, it's like, why, you know, but I can understand why athletes do, um, you know, but, um, 
again, I'm not trying to say it's right because it's not. It is cheating. Um, but I, I'm just saying I understand why, you know, so, but, um, yeah, so I, you know, I hope, I mean, I'm assuming, although I will say with Judge, and I, I'm, I've actually, I've been impressed, um, that he's got patience and he's not forcing it and he's taking his walks and, um, yeah, and it's, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, I'm assuming, cause I, well, there aren't many games left, eight or nine, what, eight or seven games left. He should, I would assume, you know, that, you know, give or take 30 some at bats, I'm pretty sure he should hit one. Um, you know, and that's cool. Um, at that point, you know, Judge ends up with 62 or 63 home runs. Am I going to say Aaron Judge is the all-time home run, single season home run leader? No, but it's, uh, it's cool that he's doing it. And what a gamble, right? To not sign the contract at the start of the year and then ends up, you know, possibly winning the triple crown. Unreal. Oh, his contract is going to be massive. I wonder if he'll sign back with the Yankees. I could somehow, I could see him going to LA or San Francisco. I could just see it. That, that's my call for some reason. I don't know why. I don't think he's going back to New York. We'll see. But, uh, anyway. How about some hockey talk? You want to get into some hockey talk? Um, well, I know Alec it is, it is, well, oh, here I'm, I'm yapping away about all this and I forgot to bring all this up, but, um, well, you know, I'm on the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams have shows, so whatever team you're a fan of, check it out. They're hot and heavy with the preseason action and everything else and with the season about to start up. Um, and then, of course, we got Alec there at the Five for Fighting podcast, um, and he just released uh, a, another episode. Finally, another episode. Yeah, he, he's on that once a month uh, uh, you know, but he, uh, yeah, he put out, he was just, um, yeah, well, he talks about the preseason and Chris Stewart and stuff like that. And uh, um, I'm going to kind of expand. Uh, well, I'm going to piggyback off what he said a little bit. But uh, um, but yes, yeah, definitely check out the Five for Fighting show. Um, like I said, I know with work's kind of keeping him away right now. But he, I know once, I'm sure once the winter comes here, um, he'll get on a regular weekly type or bi-weekly schedule. Um, now that they've moved into the house and everything. Um, and he's kind of, he's kind of got the East Coast League thing on, uh, on lockdown. That's kind of his, I think that's, I, I think that can kind of be his niche here, uh, going forward. And, uh, the reason I say that is, um, last year he was in Florida before they moved to North Carolina. He was, you know, he went to the Everblades games and he would kind of, he, and he started up his, well, he already had the YouTube channel, but he started really focusing in on East Coast League fights from last year and he uploaded most of them and, and, you know, obviously he would talk about them on his show and he had Nico Blackman and a bunch of the guys from the league on the, on his show as guests. And, um, and I will say it was, it was Alec and his enthusiasm for the product that kind of got me to pay attention. Oh, you know, you gotta see this fight, man. You gotta see Travis Howe and Nuber and these guys. You gotta see these guys. And started watching the videos and yeah, and it was really cool. And, and like I said, we got Cade McNelly going down there this year to Savannah. I really, I'm really, uh, Interested to see how the young kid does. Really looking forward to that, Kate. If you're listening, why well, don't you're listening? Uh, good luck to you. I know he's heading down there right as we're recording here. I know he's heading down there, so uh, good luck in camp and uh, looking forward to seeing his first pro year. And um, yeah, and there's some and Skiho and Glotz resigned in Rapid City. So um, yeah, and Howe's resigned. The throwers have resigned. Um, so yeah, there is some uh, there's some toughness rolling around in the East Coast League. 
So I encourage everybody to um, check out Alex's channel on YouTube, the Five for Fighting YouTube channel. He'll be putting those fights up there. And um, yeah, guys, I mean, if you want to watch... If you want to watch current hockey fights, that's that's where you're going to have to go because it sure as shit ain't going to be the NHL. I can tell you that, and um, and uh, you know, so for those that are into that sort of thing, that's the place to be. But uh, yeah, actually, if you're on when you're on YouTube and you're at the Five for Fighting channel, if you could hit the subscribe button, that'd be greatly appreciated. I'm trying to get Alec to a thousand subscribers, so he's getting there. He's almost there. But uh, yeah, if you could do that, that would be really cool. And, uh, and then, like I said, with Alex show, like I always bust his balls and everything else, but, uh, tremendous show. He's got a great back catalog by Lois, Rob Bray, Jason Rushton, Sean Pete. Uh, and like I said, a bunch of the, a bunch of the new East Coast League guys. Um, so definitely give it a listen. Does a great job. I always say he's, a, he's a young, he's the youngster, but, uh, he's, he's got, he's got, I always say he's got the old soul, right? He likes the old stuff. And, uh, yeah, he was just unfortunately born way too late. To, to see, he was born too late to see the good stuff, but, um, you know, he, he is passionate about the product and, uh, you know, I, I, I think if you tuned in, you'll dig his show. And then of course, Lazito, old Joe there, Kevin Lazito is, uh, is firing up a new podcast. It's a Quebec Nordique podcast. And, um, in fact, this Wednesday, I am going to have Joe on and, uh, we're going to talk all about it. And we're also going to talk about his, Five toughest Quebec Nordiques of all time, and that was a lot of. Well, I already recorded it. I recorded it last night, and that's going to be Wednesday's episode. And uh, yeah, we talked for about an you know, hour and a half and a bit. And uh, there, there are some names tossed around that I guarantee you haven't heard of in a long time. And uh, you know, we uh, share some stories, and uh, and it's a fun. And I always have, I always have fun having Joe on. And uh, yeah, so check that out on Wednesday. But um, yes. Well, as Alec was talking about the preseason and everything else, um, yeah, once again, hockey Twitter off to a flying start. We're not even into the season yet, and the crying has begun. Um, I'm always amazed. Well, I say that. I'm not. I, I guess I'm, I'm not amazed at this point. It's, I'm just used to it. Um, but the amount of... Well, and I know why... These people that talk about pre, they don't understand why there's hitting and fighting and all this in the preseason. They don't understand it. Well, I know, I know you don't understand it because you've never tried out for anything. Like you don't know why. Why are we doing this in in the preseason? <laughs> really, you don't know, eh? Okay. Um, yeah, it's just. Um, uh, yeah, it's well. Of course, it all started with Zegras. Oh, the the NHL cover boy, the the new video game cover boy, Trevor Zegras and his Michigans and his sick dangles, bro. Yeah, got getting lit up at center ice and uh, good solid clean shot, shoulder to chest, and good. Yeah, it's just a really good hit. And of course, both sides of the of the ledger come out, and everyone's going to be yelling and screaming at everybody. And I'm going to actually, I could take the piss out of both sides because it's like you're both almost equally as embarrassing. Um, first of all, you have the, well, why does this plug need to hit a star in the preseason? Well, a plug, okay, well, uh, it was a clean hit. He's trying to, the, the plug, so to speak, is trying to make a name for himself. 
Um, and, and that's just the way it is. Uh, you know, I don't know. And of course, on the other side, keep your head up, kid. Well, his head was up. It's just, you know, it, it's moving a little faster than your beer league games, Doug. So I always say, well, if you're going to skate with your head down, that's what you get, Junior. Yeah, okay. Yeah, thanks there, Grandpa. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, keep, keep your head up, kid. Oh, yeah. Um, but then it, it comes out, well, you know, there, if Anaheim hadn't got rid of Delorier and so and so and so, that hit might not have happened. Yeah, yeah it would have. <laughs> Again, I'm not knocking Nicholas Delorier or anything or any of these guys, but who the fuck is scared of those guys? Now, I'm not trying to sit here and be Johnny Badass, but it, in all seriousness, let's sit here for a second. Is there anyone in the NHL to be scared of? I'm just asking. Really? Is there a, a twist or a Dave Brown or a Bob Probert or, you know, are, are there any of those out there? No. And I mean, Reeves and those guys are tough guys. But if, if they're mad at you and want to fight, just say no. What are they going to do to you? You can't grab anyone anymore. You can't just grab them and start punching them. You'll get, they'll be suspended from until friggin' Christmas. So if he comes out, yeah, we're fighting, man, we're fighting. Ah, no, no. Oh, there, that ended that. You can't enforce anymore. That's why I love these guys. Like, even the fight fans are like, oh, if the warrior had been around, yeah, that bitch wouldn't have done anything. Of course he would have. He's because he's not going to fight. That's why Nicholas Cromwell did that for a decade, hit guys like that. He has zero career fights. And he was playing back when McGratton and them were still around. Clearly, he wasn't scared by any of them. You know why? Because he didn't have to fight. He'd just say no. That's the thing. In the 80s and 90s, if you throw that hit, those guys are in the, they're not going to give you an opportunity to like, well, we'll, we'll, because of course we have to follow the code. Even after he hits your guy, it knocks him out. We got the code. You know, um, yeah, I'll, I'll wait until the face off and then challenge him. Then. No, there would be no, I think Marty McSorley would go over to Cromwell and say, yeah, next face off, we're going to fight. And Cromwell would say no and Marty would be like, okay. Do you think that would happen? Fuck no. Marty would just be yell, switch him up, and he'd be out there just grabbing Cromwell and just giving it to him. Yeah. And oh, he'd get an extra two, maybe a 10 minute misconduct. That's why. There was an actual, there was an actual legitimate threat back then. And those hits in the 80s were thrown. You could throw those hits. But just know that it was coming. Like you had to know, if you're going to play that way, you're going to be, like, they're either going to, if they're going to fight you, and if you're going to say no with the fight, they're going to take their stick to you or do something to you. They're not just, nowadays, they're going to block you on Instagram or something. Like, no. So I always love that one. If the hits throw, it wouldn't have happened if there was tough guy. Yeah, it would happen. Of course it would. Who's scared of anybody? The rules have protected them. Even if you have a tough guy on the other, t- he can't do anything. Like, so Deloria is still playing for Anaheim. What's he going to do? He's, what, is he going to go chase the Janik or whoever hit that guy? Is he going to go chase him down and fight him? I mean, he'll go try. But if Janik or whoever doesn't want to fight. That's like somebody said, oh, that's the problem. Every time Truba hits, he has to fight. He does? Like, <laughs> hold on. I'm going to hit pause here. How many fights does Jacob Truba have? 
Yeah, okay. I just went and looked it up. Jacob Truba, with preseason and postseason, has 16 career fights and he's played 600 NHL games. Oh yeah, but he has to fight after every hit. Yeah, okay. Keep keep throwing that one around. I love that one. Oh yeah, here comes with a clean hit. They always have to fight. Oh yeah, of course they do. Who told you? Oh, was the hockey news told you that, or some announcer during the game crying that it was a clean hit? Why does he need to protect himself and and all this? It's like, well, that's sort of the point, you fucking idiots. But but once again, no, that's not that doesn't happen. Uh, there was no fight after that. The hit. Well, there there that. Well, like I was. Well, I guess he didn't. No fight then. They always have to fight. Well, you just said they always have to fight. There was no fight here. But what is it? No, they don't always have to fight. Like I said, you had four teams last year in the NHL that had single-digit fight totals as a team. I guess clearly, what Edmonton had four fights last year. I guess no one got hit on Edmonton all year. Or they only got hit four times. Fuck, are we... Like, what are we doing? Like, what are you talking about? But that's the latest... That, there, there's a myth versus reality right there. There's always fights after clean hits. Well, no, there's not, so... You know, whatever. But everyone's so, but, of course, all the clips that they show, a guy gets hit and a guy comes, oh, see, they're always fighting. Well, fuck, that's, that's, that's been the only big hit in four games. Like, you talk like everyone just hits, like, oh, there's just constant hits every period. I mean, I know the stats show that, oh, in this game, there was, Toronto had 35 hits and the Calgary Flames had 42. You Are you shitting me? Let's be serious. I'm not just being old guy yelling at the clouds here, but let's be serious. What game are you watching where there was 72 body checks? Like, seriously. Like, you watch these stats and they say there's 40, 50, 60 hits combined in a game. What? Where? I mean, I don't watch hockey anymore, but I do periodically throughout the year if I'm at my parents' house or wherever or out with the in-laws and stuff and the game is on. We are sitting there watching it. I have yet to see a big hit when I'm watching any of these games. Now, there's the odd, yeah, you hear the boards rattle now and again. But you're telling me that the Toronto Maple Leafs average, on average, 30, 35 hits a game. Are you for real right now? And the and the moon is made of cheese. Like I said, I don't I don't know who's counting the 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 hit stats. Like I said, they must be doing dog years math. Is one hit equal seven? Like you know, are you shitting me? I laughed. I, I'll never forget. And it, and this time we were paying, my friend Kevin was in town, and we were down here watching the game. And I, it was Vancouver versus. It was a hockey night in Canada. It was a late game. It was Vancouver versus somebody. And at the end of the game, I I can't. They it was like combined fifty some hits. I swear the whole time. We, yeah, we were talking and drinking beers and sitting here. You could have heard a mouse piss on cotton. Fuck sixty hits. Oh yeah, shit. I thought, oh, every once in a while, though, there was a scrum, and the four guys get in there, they got to take out their mouth guards and talk shit, bro. Yeah, because, oh, you got to have some sweet chirps, though. Oh, Christ. Softer than a fucking Disney matinee. But, yeah. But there was a few fights in the in the NHL in the preseason this year um, so far. Uh, who was it that, there was a kind of a tougher guy tried out in Vancouver, is it like, I, Vincent something, Arsenal or something like that, forgive me. But he, he's been a minor league guy, he's had some fights, came out of the OHL back when they actually fought in the OHL. 
Um, so he's got career numbers, and he's fought like gallant and tough dudes. He's a tough guy. Um, well, he fights the the six eight beast from Calgary, um, some kid from Slovakia or something. Kid six eight two fifty, and oh, he's gonna be Calgary's monster and everything else. Fuck the kids. Not knocking the kid. He's six eight. If he ever learns how to do fight, he can really be something. But he's not a fighter. He, I'm not, now again, I'm not, I, I'm not giving you exaggeration or anything like this. I went and looked up the numbers because I'm like, who are these people? I don't know. So I went and looked up his fight card. Two fights in his life. He played in the USHL. He had a fight each year. So here's this kid up in the NHL in the preseason, 6'8", 260 or whatever he is. And he goes and fights. A, a, a career, I'm not slighting him, but a career minor league kind of tough guy who's, you know, 6'2 and whatever, and just got shit pumped. And I hate the kid from Calgary, big kid, like I said, he's trying to make a name for himself. I know Cal, oh, he's a real physical, he's tough. Well, I, I, I think people use the terms physical and tough. They throw those around like, I don't know, like it's candy or something. Is he? Uh, you know, I mean, nowadays, I guess if you throw the odd body check, that makes you air quotes tough. Um, I'm using it in the terms of fighting. Um, and he doesn't know what he's doing. And, yeah, you get the shit kicked out of him. And he didn't get hurt, but someone's gonna. The kid in Columbus there got dropped. And he doesn't fight very much. And it's like, and I've said this on this show before, and I and I've said it on the Twitter on on the Twitter. I've said it on the Twitters before, and you all you just met with eye rolls and okay, Grandpa and whatever. Oh yeah, you wait with one of these kids coming out of the Quebec League or the Ontario League where they don't fight anymore. They don't. There's the three fight rule, or the US, USHL like this kid with one fight a year. I don't give a shit how big you are and how much you can bench, bro. Do you even lift? I don't give a shit. You could you could bench press a Hugo for all I care. Doesn't mean you could fight. And clearly they can't. Watch him. Doesn't even grab on. Doesn't know what he's doing. And he's just eating shots. Again, I'll give the kid full marks for having the balls to do it. That's more than half these pussies would ever do. I'll give him that. But, Jesus, learn to defend yourself, kid. Grab his arms. Shit. At least seatbelt him. Do something. But you're going to have one of these kids end up fighting a Reeves or a Lucic or a veteran guy that has a hundred and some fights under his belt and something really bad's going to happen. Knock him. I hope it doesn't. I don't want to see anybody get hurt to, oh, to prove my point. Like, no, I don't want to see anybody get really hurt, but it's going to happen. You wait and see. One of these kids up from the minors or up from the OHL with always, you know, it's five career fights in his life and who's he fighting? You know, he's fighting five other daisies that have never fought before. So it's just a giant game of slap and tickle. You know, and he's going to end up... There, there'll there be some scrum in a Calgary game one night. And Lucic will drag him out of the pile. And and he's... Like I said, this kid's trying to stick. So he's going to do it. He's going to go for it. And he's just going to get the hammer put down on him. And then everybody will be crying. Oh, why is Lucic fighting some young kid? You know, like we're supposed to be checking IDs at the door or something. Yeah, you're out in New Jersey, you get what you get, but, you know, and it's, and then I can't blame the kid because they want to make a name, but, I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but it's just, there's going to be some bad shit happen, 
You know, and then what's going to happen? The whole anti-fight crowd gets going. See, this is why he shouldn't have to do this. And that's why dinosaurs like Lucic need to be out of the league. You know, it's the shit's going to happen. You wait and see. Mark it down in your little black books. That, uh, you know, but... Yeah, so, I mean, everybody's been crying about that. But the best one I saw with the... Okay, hear me out. You, they play too many preseason games already. But say they play five preseason games... The first two games should have contact and the final three should be non-contact games where the players work on their skills. That was this guy's big solution. Of course, all the people, oh yeah, that's a great idea. You should be commissioner. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Like all of a sudden, yeah, the NHL just became an intramural floor hockey. <laughs> like, oh, we're going to play a professional, non-contact professional sport. Uh, I mean, you know, shit. I'm like, ah, shit, just may- wait till the regular, if you don't want any contact, wait till the regular season. Um, what, are- <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, but that is the serious stuff that, that made me laugh. I will say uh, that made me laugh, but. And now a message from our sponsors. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for a season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. Is Colorado going to repeat? Is Toronto Maple Leafs? Is this going to be finally be the year? I see Carolina's up there in the Stanley Cup Futures bets as well. If that wasn't enough excitement, you could turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. And I know Alec talked about this already, but at the end of the, uh, of the, I, was it the rookie turn or the rookie camp or whatever? Chris Stewart of the Flyers, you know, played, played for how many years? Seven, eight hundred NHL games. Um, and he's a Flyers coach. He was showing the, the pro, some of the kids at the end of the, I, well, here, here I am about to rant about it and I said the same thing. But he's showing some of the guys at the end of the rookie camp some fighting tips. It was it wasn't a mandatory thing. It was if if you want to come and have Chris show you a few things, come you know meet down in the corner at the end of practice and or at the end of camp or whatever. And you know and it was like a 15, 20 minute deal. And Stuart was just showing him where to grab and shit like that and giving him a few pointers. Kid from Calgary should have had someone do that. Where's McGrath? I know McGrath still signed with the Flames. He should have been out there with the kid, show him a few things. Um. But yeah, so Stewart, of course, oh, someone's got to film it because God forbid we we not film it. Well, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna get into that in a second. Um, God forbid we don't get something on film. And of course, of course, the athletic flyers writer, she has to write. Oh, she, although I will say, I'll, I'll be completely honest, she wasn't condemning it. She was just reporting the news. But I liked her wording. Chris Stewart showing the kids, air quotes, kids how to fight. Kids, these guys are 18, 19 years old. They're coming out of junior hockey where fighting is allowed. Kinda. <laughs> well, it is. 
Well, in the Western League, it's wide open. There's no fight rules in the WHL. OHL in Quebec, you can still fight, but there's limits and whatever. But you can still fight. Regardless, in Junior A, you can still fight. There's limits, but you can still fight. So don't, like, these kids have all fought, well, I'm sure most of them have been in a couple here and there. I like the wording of kids, though. As I said, they're 18, 19 years old. And in Canada terms, what does that mean? Well, that means you can drink legally, you can drive, you can vote, and you can enlist in the military. But holy shit, you better not be fighting in a hockey game. That's where we draw the line. Are you shitting me? You can, you can sign up for the Marines, but boy, don't you be fighting in the Ontario Hockey League. You know, you're just a kid. They're just kids, bro. Oh, yeah. God. Prolong adolescence even longer. But, of course, kids makes the story sound juicier, right, if we say kids. Not just, oh, Anthony, Chris Stewart was showing a bunch of the players how to fight after. No, that that wouldn't work. But if Chris Stewart's showing the kids a few fighting tips after, well, that there, oh yeah, that'll that'll get me some clicks. That'll you know that'll get people talking. Very slick, very well done, young young lady. Um, yeah, kids. Oh fuck, give me a break. But yeah, so that because God forbid. And like someone said, no one said it was a mandatory thing that, oh boy, you better come out because we're going to have you fight. Of course, that's how everybody turns out. Oh, so I guess the Flyers aren't going to score. They're just going to goon it this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, oh, yeah, because everybody's fucking scared of the fucking prospect there, Hupachikakoff, and, uh, you know, and his zero career fights. He's going to really goon it up, is he? Oh, yeah. God. These these people have no goons. I, I laugh because... Uh, I was going through some DVDs, like I said, and I was watching. Um, it was just a minor league. It was just a minor league assorted thing. Oh, and it's Baduk fighting down in Tallahassee and a bunch of Morasti LNH fights and some old junior fights and stuff. And it's just like, you know, meanwhile, I got some friggin' some nerd with a Minecraft profile picture talking about the goons in the Flyers camp this year. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. But I again, I often I, I often get this question: How can you read this horse shit on social media? How can you do it? At this point, it's funny to me. I, I don't get mad about this. Like I'm I'm talking about this, and I'm ranting and raving. I don't read this shit. I don't get mad because what are you going to do? What am I going to yell at all of these losers? Like they don't they're never going to get it. They're 18, 19 years old. The, the, like this is the hockey they grew up with. This pond hockey bullshit. They think all this stuff is really mean and. Everything should be about fantasy sports and video game moves. And like the one guy said after the Zegras hit, oh, all the boomers love that hit because they were mad at him last year. No one was mad at Zegras last year. They, see, that, see a, a comment like that tells me you don't understand what the whole thing about was with the whole Tyson Nash thing and skilling it up. Did somebody still quoted that in the, in the, in the comments on Twitter? It had nothing to do with scoring the Michigan and doing all these flashy moves. Boomers don't like that. What are you talking about? Like, that's not what people are mad at, or that we're talking, that's not why I was talking about it, and why I was laughing at you guys when you were mad at Tyson Nash. That's not what Tyson Nash was talking about. 
No, what Tyson Nash was talking about is you can do all that shit, but when you're winning 5-1 with two minutes left in the game, you don't go slash the fucking goalie's hand when he covers the puck. That's what Tyson Tyson Nash was talking about, you fucking idiot. But see, there, I, there, that shows me that you have no idea what's going on. You don't. And you just, oh, boomers don't like this. They don't like skill. I love that one. Boomers don't like skill. We grew up with Wayne Gretzky, you stupid motherfucker. We don't like skill. We had Lemieux and Gretzky and Brett Hall. Paul Coffey. What are you talking about? You dunce. No, we're talking about you don't slash the goalie up five goals with three minutes left in a game. Dipshit. Oh, just get better then. Yeah, okay. Again, coming from someone who's never played. The only sports you've ever played has had fantasy at the start of it. So you don't get it. So stop talking. And that's not why boomers were mad. No. You know, that's why Gen Zers don't get it. You fucking idiot. But yeah, like the one guy, oh yeah, if that's what you want to watch, Goulart, the 70s and 80s hockey sucked, bro. How would you know? You're 18. You never saw it. You weren't even born yet. You were born in 2003. You have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, I saw it on YouTube. Oh, or I watched ESPN class. Oh, then you know. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, they were so slow back then. Oh, yeah. I think Mike Gartner still got the fastest recorded time for in the All-Star Skill Contest, though. Fastest skater. You know. Or maybe it was Fedorov. I can't remember. That was in the 90s when they were shitty back then. So I said to the kid, oh yeah, the 80s were terrible. They scored more, hit more, and fought more. It was awful. Yeah, like it's just, oh, they're better now. Well, see, this tells me that you, <laughs> you know, that you don't, uh, you don't understand the concept of evolution. You don't understand that. But don't worry, in 30 years, you'll understand what I'm saying. You'll understand my reply 30 years from now. Because when I was like, an idiot at 15, 16 and thought I knew everything. My dad said the same thing, how great Bob Yor was. And what did I say? Oh, he wouldn't even be able to play now. You know, fast forward, I now know what he's talking about. Uh, yeah, and you will someday. But for right now on Twitter, you're just a moron. So, whatever. Sweet profile pick though, brah. Ferda. Fucking losers. Uh, anyway. What, what, uh, what, what, oh yes, the Jimmy, the, the Jimmy Mann, uh, interview. Well, I have somebody, my phone kind of lit up out of the corner of my eye. I have, I have someone texting me. Um, oh, it's, oh, it's my mom. Wow. I'll text her. Hold on, mom. We got to talk about Jimmy Mann here. Yeah. Your baby boy is doing big things. Hold on. <laughs> I'll be so proud. Oh, uh, yes. Um, so Jimmy Mann, um, yeah, like I said, obviously this was, uh, it's not audio. It was, uh, written out, um, who by, well, it was a member called who went, by, who went by, uh, the username, the bulldog. Um, and forgive me, um, Mr. Bulldog. I don't know who you, I can't remember. Cause again, this was, when was this done in, this was posted in 2002, Yes, uh, October 21st, 02. Um, so, 
man, I can't believe this is 20 years ago. Um, so I, I can't remember who he is and I'm not sure. I, I really hope actually old bulldog. Uh, I hope you found this podcast. Um, if you have, if the bulldog is out there and you're listening to this, get a hold of me. Um, uh, I want to talk to you about a few things. Um, but so I am going to, uh, read you some of the answers here for some of you old fans. Cause I know Jimmy Mann's name has come up a few times. Um, of course with Winnipeg, when I had William Chipway on, we talked about Jimmy Mann and, uh, I know he'll get a kick out of this, but, uh, yeah. And it's, it's, it's kind of one of those old seventies, early eighties guys, not a lot of footage out there, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I thought this was kind of cool. And, uh, and like, again, it's history, it's hockey fight history, right? So, um, you know, keep it alive. And I want to thank you again for sending me this. And uh, let's go through this. Uh, his junior career, man was reasonably gifted scorer in the Quebec League with Sherbrooke, as well as being known with his, for his punching power. He played with future NHL stars like Mike Bossy and Junior as well prior to his draft. Played an all-star tournament and uh, was actually second in scoring with 27 points in 12 games. Uh, was drafted in the first round. Was thrilled about playing under the tutelage of John Ferguson, who he admired greatly and still does. Um, the Winnipeg Jets. Ferguson made it very clear from day one that his principal role was the enforcer with the Jets and to take care of things on the ice. Um, Bob, uh, his first point in the NHL on a line with Bobby Hall. I loved playing in Winnipeg despite its obscurity and still has many friends there. While living in Winnipeg, man partook in a lot of community interests, including Special Olympics, sponsored his own floor hockey team, and there's absolutely no truth to the reports that man suffered with alcohol or drug problems. The biggest thing that plagued his career was a criminal lawsuit that erupted out of the sucker punch of Paul Gardner, which resulted in Mann being brought up on assault charges over the incident. Despite the court settlement, Mann was blackballed thereafter by power player agent Alan Eagleson, Gardner, in brackets, Gardner's agent. Uh, Mann received the full support of the Winnipeg Jets and John Ferguson during the trial. In fact, following the incident, Fergie had Mann in his office and said, I'm really di- disappointed at what happened. I'm disappointed that the fucker got up. <laughs> Man has no regrets over the incident whatsoever. Gardner had attacked and broke his own stick over Doug Smale with intent to injure. Man was doing what a policeman back then did on ice retribution, and he had a job to do. Um, fights. Lots of them, particularly in his first season where he led the league in penalties and fighting majors. His KOs included Don Jackson. Uh, Jackson initiated uh, the fight by throwing his helmet at Man, and Man plugged him with two quick lefts and ended the fight. Dwight Schofield, Dave Hansen, Larry Playfair broke Playfair's nose with a quick left after Scotty Bowman had sent Playfair out to tangle with him. Gilbert Pro later told him that they had a hell of a time controlling the blood flow in the dressing room out of, from Playfair's nose. His most memorable game was against Boston where he fought uh, O'Reilly, Secord, and Jonathan in three straight shifts. Uh, Taz went after man after man had laid a solid hit on Mike Milbury, who reportedly heard O'Reilly in the fight. Man has nothing but good words to say about Taz, and he thought he was the best Bruin ever and was a clean, honest fighter. A quiet man who led by example is a great role model to the kids, in his opinion. Man Secord, tough fight. Man felt Secord was one of the strongest, meanest guys he ever fought, and he played with a nasty edge that was very visible on the ice. Man and Jonathan, not much of a fight with man landing a couple short shots, and they fell to the ice. From what he remembers, Mann feels that Jonathan was indeed one of the toughest fighters there was. He hit you with short punches, but they hurt like hell. Mann says his playing weight when he was 205 when he entered the league, but he usually played around 220 at 6'1". Injuries, a separated shoulder in 80-81, broken wrists, some knuckles, and a broken elbow in Pittsburgh. 
Uh, two times he remembers being hurt in fights. Once with Jay Miller, who dazed him with a punch, and once by Jim Nill, who actually knocked him down. He felt that both M- Miller and McSorley had the best stamina of any fighter he's gone up against. Uh, and then he has comments on specific fighters. Sorry, folks. This is kind of like a cut and paste, and it's got like the code things in it, so it's kind of tough to read. But uh, comments on specific fighters. <clears throat> Hold on, I take a drink. Uh, Clark Gillies. Never fought him, but it's his opinion that he was the most feared fighter the game had in his era. Scary punching power, his destruction of hospital was well known and revered throughout the league. Nobody really wanted to, to test and enraged Gillies. Bob Probert, great fighter, was very strong prior to his substance abuse and a very tough opponent. Maybe the best he's seen. Willie Plett, another very physical, strong guy, intimidating look on the ice and quietly dangerous, underrated power. Nick Fatio, he loves Fatio as a great guy and is an extremely capable fighter. Not the hardest puncher, but smart and quick hands. Glenn Cochran, free thrower and wild. Paul Holmgren, very good fighter, definitely not, not a spot picker, one of the best. Tiger Williams, knows Tiger very well. Tiger turtled on him in Vancouver. Not the most gifted fighter, but tough as nails and would look for any way he could to win a fight, not unlike Randy Holt. Uh, Tory Roberts, a dirty fighter who would always try to scratch and claw, you, claw at you. Dave Semenko, he laughs at the suggestion that he ducks Semenko. Thinks Dave's a nice guy, but overrated as a puncher. Fought him twice, and he recalls having Semenko on his knees, even with a, even with a shoulder support on. In brackets from a shoulder separation. Uh, he felt Semenko was a great protector, but his size was his main attribute, not his skills as a fighter. Puts Paul Mulvey in the same category. Uh, Kurt Fraser, very tough man. Jim Kite, really liked Jim Kite and felt was was nobody to take lightly in a fight, even though he he didn't have the look of a fighter, i.e. a baby face. John Cordick, uh, fast hands, hard head, soft puncher. Ron DeLorme, fast and tough, fondly remembered the fight with McCowan. Uh, Joe Koser, awesome power puncher, loved watching Joey fight. Tony Twist, see above, okay. Alf Samuelson, fought... Fought him behind the net in Hartford. Samuelson had hit somebody with a stick. Man came in a few punches and Samuelson fell and turtled. Donald Brashear, not impressed because he took, he's not impressed because he's too much of a whiner. No emotion, no energy. Dan Maloney, considers Maloney to be exceptionally tough in his prime. Icy stare, mean streak, powerful hands. He reminds him of John Ferguson, whom he saw fight against Shaq as a kid and respects immensely. He says Ferguson had a mean streak that once, once it got rolling, looked the hell out. Sleepers? Uh, Dave Babish didn't fight often, but never saw him lose. Physically very imposing. Dirtiest player, Hilliard Graves. Nasty knee-on-knee type checker who ran from fights. Players he hated. Paul Baxter. Sissy Big Mouth, who was creative with a stick. Also John Gibson, who he pounded with the Leafs. There was blood from Gibson everywhere. Toughest Euro, Peter Stastny. Hey, Joe. Peter Stastny, you'll see what I mean on Wednesday. Peter Stastny, he recalls a time when Hospodar hit his brother Anton from behind, and as Hospodar started to skate away, Peter Stastny raced over to Bothcart, viciously cross-checked him big time, and said, don't you ever fucking touch my brother again. Man says that Stastny wouldn't go looking for trouble, but but couldn't, wouldn't look for trouble, but could handle himself with no problem if he had to. Um, the Atlanta brawl. This was man's first NHL brawl. He doesn't remember what started it, but remembers it was a wild scene that seemed to overflow between periods. Says Tom McVie was so pissed at Al McNeil that he removed his teeth before scaling the glass to try to get at him. Um, 
the Detroit fights. He hated Dennis Polanich and was happy to pound him twice in that game. He was restrained from going with Willie Huber because the coaches didn't want him thrown out of the game. So Scott, so, so Scott Campbell fought Huber. He thought Scott wasn't a bad, wasn't bad at all as a fighter. Today's fighters. Man doesn't watch much of today's pro game. Like many of us, he feels the game lacks the spirit and intensity it once had. Too many euros have ruined the great Canadian game. He also can't believe that the fighters of today can complain like, like many do with their employment. Man was very happy making around 250,000 a season and can't understand how anybody can complain as an enforcer making 1.5 million. It's fucking ludicrous. And on and on. Um, and that, that was it. Um, uh, well, I'm laughing because this is a 2002. Holy shit. 2002, it still looked like Thunderdome compared to now. So, but there you go. Um, I, like I said, thank you, Yuka, for sending that to me. Uh, from the old fried chicken website, Bulldog had talked to Jimmy Mann, and those were the, the transcripts that he put up. So I thought I would share that with you guys, give you a little insight on Jimmy Mann. Um, I know Jimmy Mann is on Facebook. Um, I had talked to William about it. And uh, I think he'd be an interesting cat to talk to. Um, but like I said, uh, with Joe starting up that Nordiques podcast, well, there we go. Could be a future guest. But um, I think that'd be pretty cool. But uh, anyway, guys, look at that. Hey, we're under an hour. There we go. That's uh, going to go after an hour. It's going to go over an hour after I add the ads. But um, yeah, there's just a little, little something for you on Sunday to share with you. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. I really hope you guys go and check out the back catalog. Like I said, there's 247 other episodes to, to check out. Um, I want to thank, oh, I want to thank last week's guest, Keegan McGraw, old paddywhack from Ice Wars. Um, he was a great guest. Man, he promoted the shit out of that episode and it got some great feedback, a lot of listens. I really run a, Keegan, I really appreciate it. Um, all those guys should be heading down soon. Down to the Federal League, and uh, hopefully Swanson's heading out to the Quebec League. Well, the Quebec League's are already playing some games. Why, uh, you know, why aren't these uh, why aren't these cats bringing Swanson in? What's going on here? The new team, oh, Mount Mount Calm or whatever they're called. Yeah, let's get Swanee in the lineup here. The people are seeing the Cowboy. I see LaFrance was out there fighting last night. Right on. So things are heating up, folks. I hope you guys are checking it out. Oh, yes. Also, I'd like to, as I was mentioning Ice Wars, it popped into my head. Congratulations to AJ Galante and his wife, Kimberly, for having a son the other day, uh, Dominic James. Uh, so congratulations uh, to the Galante family. And uh, both mother and son are doing well. So good to hear. Congratulations. So there we go, folks. That's the, uh, the week that was. Um, unfortunately, we had some sad news. Um, some ranty news and, you know, we'll, uh, but we'll end it on a positive note with the, uh, the birth of Dominic Galante. So, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode at exactly an hour. Look at this. I, I, I'm almost, I'm streamlining folks. I'm trying to get better, <laughs> but, uh, oh, I want to, in all, in a serious note, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Um, like I always say there, I know there's, you know, you can throw a rock and hit a podcast these days. So the fact that you chose to listen to the fourth line voice. In all seriousness, I greatly appreciate it. I really appreciate the feedback that the episodes have been getting lately. A little bit more than usual, actually. The last few. I really want to thank the guests who have come on that have promoted the, the shows. I need that. It's, you know, like I said, we, we can't, have, we don't have alcohol or billboards or anything like that or, um, you know, to, to promote the show. So we need the help from the guests and from the listeners. And, uh, 
you know, myself and Alec and Joe and, and the, I would say the mom and pop shops of podcasting. We need you guys, the listeners to promote the show. And like I said, if anybody out there knows who Bulldog is, if you can get a hold of him and tell him I'd like to talk to him, um, and just spread the news on the, if you know a couple old school fans that might dig the Jimmy man thing, send them the link to this show. And, uh, I let them know that. So I, I'm relying on you. I'm relying on you guys to grow this thing. So, um, any help that you guys can do is great. And I see, and I see the guys, I see you guys retweeting it and mentioning it and everything else. <coughs> Pardon me. And to those that do that, I, you know, thank you very much. It means a lot. It really does. So if you have, if you want to get a hold of me at all and you're on social media, Fourth Line Voice on Twitter as well as on Facebook, send me a private message. If you're on social media and you're not following me, please give me a follow. I'm always putting up videos and pictures and, yelling at the moon so i'd love to hear from you and if you're not on social media you're smarter than the rest of us but um but if you if you want to pass on a message or what have you uh like i said just email me hockey fights at all one word hockey fights at hotmail.com send me an email i'd love to hear from you good bad or otherwise if you have suggestions or like i said if uh an article you want to share or you want to come on the show and you have a story let me know about the story i'd love to have you come on Always want to hear from fans um, from different areas and their and their fandom and what got them into fighting and everything else. I'd love to hear it. So, absolutely. But uh, all right, guys, let's get out of here. Let's attack the work week. I'll see you guys on Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?